I have been a fan of the Twitter handle at the rate meeting boy since many years now. And one of its tweets that I have remembered forever goes something like this. If someone falls asleep during your PowerPoint presentation, you are at least partially to blame. And that is true with many teams where individuals mostly engage using conventional structures like presentations and managed discussions. The problem with most of these is that the decision making is usually owned by one person while utilizing a centralized mechanism to control the content. That's where liberating structures are different and make it possible to include everyone in the decision making process regardless of the group size and this happens with distributed control of the content. To discuss this in more detail I invited a good friend of mine Rucha Kapre who's been an advocate of liberating structures. She's the head of business analysis at Springer. She utilizes liberating structures on a job more than one would expect and has presented it at numerous conferences. So welcome everyone as we unleash creativity. I am your host Vishal Prasad and this is Enterprise Joy, educating organizations to be awesome. Welcome to the show Rucha. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me on this episode Vishal. So I understand you have probably spoken about this a gazillion times but once more for our listeners what are liberating structures? Well, uh, liberating structures uh, have a formal definition by two people, Henry and Keith. But if you look at it, it's just a set of activities which foster lively participation in groups of any size uh, which helps you to include and unleash everyone. So you can use them in meetings, workshops or any kind of decision making meetings. The way they differ from conventional structures like presentations, open discussions and brainstorming is that they are driven by everyone in a group. So they're not very controlling or constraining in nature. To give an example, I'm a business analyst and I'll run a lot of workshops. Let's see on one occasion my workshop is being attended by heads of various departments in the organization who collectively have to solve a problem. One of the ways to get a solution is to state the problem out loud. and ask for suggestions while this kind of managed discussion sounds convenient and super fast it has a lot of drawbacks first these kind of mechanisms usually favor the person who's loudest in the room or has a lot of influence or a bigger salary and so it restricts possibilities of new or fresh ideas coming in second it's not very engaging which is what the modern workforce wants people really want a purpose and participation and liberating structures exactly help us achieve this now the same scenario with liberating structures would work by stating out the problem loud but then utilizing certain microstructures that allow everyone to participate and drive towards a solution together and that's how everyone gets engaged and you unleash everyone's creative side all at once Cool. So, so I did hear the term microstructures a few times, and let me take a stab at it. Uh, these are what most people relate to when it comes to liberating structures. So, most of us are aware of uh, certain conventional structures, as you said, like presentations, open discussions, managed discussions, brainstorming. Uh, what liberating structures provide are these thirty-three microstructures, but but these can be used by themselves or by mixing up uh, so that we can have some active group engagement during let's say our workshops or meetings right 
Yep, that's right. But the microstructures alone are not everything. There are associated design elements to it. So basically, five design elements that guide each microstructure. You begin by making an invitation, which is usually the question that drives the activity. Then you divide the participation so everyone gets equal opportunity to participate. There's a configuration of groups and space. And finally, there's a sequence and time allocation. Okay, so by time allocation, you mean we're talking about time boxing here. And that's important to point out because that doesn't mean that you'll get to an answer when the time box expires, uh, but it's more to take a pause, uh, reflect and continue if needed. And there are a few principles or rather if I say do's and don'ts that guide these behaviors. Uh, so would you mind elaborating those principles, Rocha? Having a clear purpose before we begin on anything is always an important step. It gives us a common direction to proceed and a sense of accomplishment when it's done. If this purpose is achieved by including everyone and unleashing their thoughts, it automatically gives everyone a sense of ownership and responsibility, along with the freedom to act and suggest. Experimenting by taking small steps might eventually help us achieve big results. And this not only helps in building trust on self and within teams, but it also develops a deep respect for team members and the solutions that they provide. And basically, these are the principles that we need to keep in mind. And the microstructures and design elements only allow for these principles to be put into action. So it is possible, let's say, for our listeners to create their own microstructures as long as the principles are aligned and the design elements are applied. Exactly. Okay. So, so let's do one thing, Rucha. We have the principles, we have the design elements. Let's deep dive into the microstructures because they are pretty much the crux of liberation. And uh, what we'll do is let's go back and forth between the two of us and explain our top three liberating structures. So let's start with you. Which is your first favorite liberating structure? I would begin with my favorite, uh, which is one, two, four, all. Also because it is the basis of many other structures or can be used with many other structures. It's really very easy to use and it ensures immediate participation from almost everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, consider you're solving a problem as a group. So you ask a question. Say, for example, for a given goal, what ideas would you suggest for making progress? Mm -hmm. So once you've posed this question, Ask people to think about it individually. Say, give them a minute or so to introspect on it. Once they've done this, you ask them to form pairs. And now within pairs, you ask them to discuss the goal that you want to achieve. So once this is done, combine the pairs to form groups of four and look for any patterns like similarities and differences. And eventually combine all groups and ask for any striking ideas that came out from each group. So this way you've ensured that everyone in the room has participated, say within a period of 10 or 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. Also, because these suggestions are coming from people, there's a lot of ownership. So you have basically ideas to move towards a goal. That That's nice. So, okay, so for me, uh, I'll start with my number three. Uh, that's wise crowds. Uh, so wise crowds can uh, be used for uh, getting answer to any question for which an individual is looking for an answer to. And it looks very similar to the example that you stated earlier, uh, but with a subtle difference. So 
the invitation is where an individual or a client poses a question to the crowd for which they need an answer and the crowd can act as uh, let's say consultants to provide the solutions uh, so the client is given 2 minutes for the question and the consultants uh, then get 3 minutes for any clarifications that you want now but after that the consultants get 8 minutes uh, to discuss with each other and offer advice to the client while the client has their back turned towards the consultants and just listening and taking notes and finally there's the 2 minutes where the client provides feedback as to what was helpful and their key takeaways and the part i like the most uh, in this one is making the client an active listener uh, which may not happen in let's say a managed discussion and that's where the subtle difference lies so yeah that that will be my first one uh, which will be the next one for you rucha i'll say 15% solution mm-hmm. so you know whenever we face a challenge 85% of the times uh, we end up feeling helpless about it if we don't have a solution to it uh, now that we're living in a vuca world which is necessarily a volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous world we face these situations day in and day out there are still a lot of things which we call as 15% solution this is exactly like moving just a few rocks in the river bed which might eventually change the course of direction of the river so these are things basically uh, you can do as an individual where you have the freedom to act without needing any more permissions or any more resources so things like these could be done immediately to create an impact mm-hmm. so for a personal uh, or a professional challenge ask the group like what is your 15% solution what is the best you can do without having more authority or more resources just by doing the things in your control so pose this question uh, introspect alone for a minute or so then discuss it in a pair or in groups so what essentially happens is it helps you move away from blockages and negativity and it constantly reminds you that there's always a scope or always a 15% unused capacity which is available to us to solve any personal or professional challenges that we have but i did observe so even in this one you do do a little bit of one two four all as in when you do a minute for yourself and a pair so this this kind of an is, is is an example of like mixing things together exactly yeah so my next one will be open space technology and uh, this particular one can take a long time so sometimes it even goes up to like 3 days or something and this for me is the most creative microstructure because it allows for loads of creativity starting even with the co-creation of the agenda itself uh, so it has a law of 2 feet and it has four principles of participation and the law of 2 feet simply means that if you are in a particular space which you do not find interesting you can just move on and no one feel uh, no one has any hard feelings uh, the four principles are whoever comes are the right people whatever happens is the best thing that could have happened uh, it starts when it starts and whenever it starts is the right time and it ends uh, or rather when it's over it's over and these four principles are so amazing because it allows for the open space to get that creative freedom that everyone is looking for and the way it works is a facilitator basically starts off by explaining the law of 2 feet and the four principles Uh, followed by a marketplace and marketplace is where people put up topics of their interest that they wish to run uh, in specific uh, sessions 
and these are time box sessions and this is basically what becomes the agenda and once you have the agenda it is followed by multiple rounds of uh, spaces and ends with a daily debrief so this is a good way for uh, running let's say innovation days or hackathons or coaching camps and it allows for new ideas to be explored by a diverse set of people with an aligned purpose so that will definitely be my second one yeah before i move on to my next one i would just like to comment on the open space mm-hmm. so I've, when i attended my first open space i there were a lot of revelation and great insights that that i got with so many sessions running and me having an option to pick the one that i would want to attend so i really love this kind of a format mm-hmm. yep yep me too moving on to the next one that i have which is troika so troika basically helps you get really practical advice immediately and that too from your peers so in a quick round robin discussion individuals ask for help and get advice immediately so let's imagine that we have a group of three people uh, one of them acts as a client and the other two act as consultants you throw a question at them like say what challenges are you facing and what help do you need mm-hmm. so each individual reflects on the question that is posed and then the client the person acting as the client uh, shares his or her challenge and then the consultants ask for any clarifying questions so no consulting yet just asking clarifying questions uh, that you have on what the client had to say once this happens the client turns around with his or her back facing the consultants and now is when the actual consulting mode begins so the consultant start discussing uh, any ideas or suggestions that they have for the client now if you look at it active listening is a very very important skill and turning around without being able to see each other's body language really helps with it so now the client turns around and shares what was the most valuable about the experience this exercise is then repeated for individuals in this group so troika basically can also be combined with 15% solution and can be used in uh, sessions or after sessions where you need to take specific feedback from people as so if i imagine this is very similar to wise crowds but in this case you have a group of 3 and uh, they are pretty much helping each other and that's where the peer aspect comes into picture so which is which is good yeah So the one that I like the most is Triz T R I Z and I think it kind of has a full form in Russian but I'm not sure. Uh the purpose of Triz uh, is to answer what we must stop doing in order to make progress on our deepest purpose. And I have used this a number of times during retrospective meetings. Uh it beautifully provides the answers that we are looking for. So it has three steps. Uh the first one is to make a list of the most unwanted results let's say the list of behaviors of the worst possible team uh, and then you go to the second round and the second round is to identify a subset from the first list that resembles your current state so for example for a team it will be uh, my team doesn't feel engaged at work which probably came from the first list of the most unwanted behavior from teams and then you do the final round and the final round is to identify the actions that can rectify the identified items from the second list and each of these rounds is around 10 minutes uh, it can be done using a 1 to 4 all format 
and the reason i love this method is because it is so simple to identify focused actions it's very transparent to everyone and it practically can be done in 20 to 30 minutes a very effective technique for me and i must say that it also generates a lot of hilarious responses from the team it's it a very very fun activity to do yes it does yeah so so there you have it folks uh, rucha and my top 3 liberating structures uh, but there are a lot more isn't there rucha yes so there are nine wise the wicked questions impromptu prototyping celebrity interviews conversation cafes and many many more i would say another 27 more to cover and these can be combined to design our own structures that allow us to fulfill our purposes during any engaging activities okay so we are out of time for this episode folks but uh, rucha has very kindly agreed to record a bonus episode for us uh, that covers the remaining structures and once it is done I'll make it available exclusively for Enterprise Joy patrons. So if you're not one yet, then do visit patreon.com/enterprisejoy and check out the exclusive benefits that patrons receive. For now, thank you so much for joining Rucha. It was a delight to have you on the show. Likewise, thank you Vishal. It was a pleasure to be on this episode. That was Rucha Kapre discussing engagement with liberating structures. I will leave a link to her profile and references from today's episode in the show description. If you found this discussion just as educational as I did, then do subscribe to Enterprise Joy wherever you listen to podcasts. A shout out to our new patron Anjana Ajay for supporting this podcast. Thank you so much for joining our quest. And if you would like to support this podcast as well, then become a patron on patreon.com/enterprisejoy. Patrons receive some exclusive benefits like access to the bonus episode from Rucha. So do check out what we have to offer. The details of the upcoming episodes can be found on enterprisejoy.com and do leave your feedback and comments about this episode so our podcast can continuously improve. So until next time, thank you for listening. Take care and stay safe.